Hey, ¿qué pasa, Calexico? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, this is part two of my chat with Gil, Gil Ribbler. Um, as you, if you're at part one, uh, you would know that um, he took he took on two really important positions in the last four months, maybe. Um, he be, not only became a school um, elementary school board member for Brawley, but he also became an analyst at the Imperial County Air Pollution um, Department. Um, air pollution or air quality is a big um, issue in our in our valley. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a really big position that he's taken on. And as, if you're part one, you would know that he doesn't take uh, jobs lightly. So, um, obviously, he's going to um, take on this job really, um, you know, head on and, and, and do his best. Um, unfortunately, our conversation on this topic was um, a little bit short, but I'm sure that um, sometime in the future we'll get back together and sit and, and chat and talk about, um, you know, what's going on in, in the um, air pollution, um, Imperial Valley Air Pollution, um, Imperial County Air Pollution Department. Um, but yeah, I um, hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I want to thank my sponsors once again. Um, Jonathan, Sergio, and Jake. And I also want to thank David Gastelum. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home, um, thinking of buying an investment property in the Imperial and San Diego counties, um, make sure to contact David Gastelum at 760-235-9576. He's not only a realtor, but an investor with over 20 years of experience. He will not only sell you a property, but teach you along the way on one of the most important investments that you will make. You can also find David on Facebook um, or just give him a call, 760-235-9576. Oh, and also I want to thank um, Brownie's Diner for allowing us, allowing me to record um, today's episode or this episode at Brownie's Diner. All right, guys, hope you enjoy. Peace. You know, well, we talked for an hour about, you know, your city council, your your school board you know, kind of I think, I think we talked yeah, your, your school board experience and you know the things that you're yeah. doing and, and all that so now um you know you since the last time we talked you got two like really important positions yeah um, um let me write down the time code so that i know where to cut yeah so um, this is part two yeah so this is part two so the, the, the other um job that you got was at the air pollution Imperial analyst yes yeah, so i'm an analyst for the imperial county air pollution control district it's uh i just got that end of november uh, november um so november december january february three four months in um it's been a very big learning experience and curve just the same as the school board I, you know i come from the area agency i came from the area agency on aging nonprofits for seniors to now air quality issues throughout the valley um obviously our valley has some air quality issues but there's a lot of good work and part of my um job is to inform the community engage the community and let them know our story and the work that's being done a lot of stuff's being done i don't think people realize um you know how things have changed i know on one post i think it was mandy said oh we're the only place in california where we allow field burning or not there are several other count, uh, counties that allow it it's legal um 
they can only burn on certain days and, and, and meteorological effects, the temperature, the wind, it's all taken to science behind it that I'm not too familiar. Uh, and I tell people like this, I'm in the air district, but I'm not involved in the enforcement and the science and the meteorological, the, all that. I'm kind of just, I help out, I engage community, you know, and networking and collaboration and kind of like a PR in a way. And, um, so I'm don't, not too familiar with that, but I can always get you connected with, with those who are. Um, but there's a science behind when certain, when you can burn on certain days or whatnot. And not only that, field burning has gone dramatic, has decreased dramatically in the last 10 years. So, mm. but there's a thing going on, the 10 year challenge, right? Remember that? Yeah. So I was going to do that with ours showing graphs. Um, I never got to it though, but I pulled up from 2017 to 2007 and, and the number of acres burned in the county. And since 2007 to 2017, the number of acres burned was that decreased by about 60 to 70 percent. Um, a very big decrease. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you see it now. I remember being little going to Calexico. You see it would be, every time it'd always be a field burn. Yeah. yeah. Now it's yeah, very it's true. rare. I, did, I, I didn't, I, I never noticed that, but it's true. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can remember seeing the fire and flames and everything just right by. And it's, there's been so much efforts to to curb that, whether through incentives, whether through minimizing. And there's going to be even more. There's, um, they're in the talks right now of revising a policy to uh, increase the radius from um, one and a half miles to two. And uh, in the regards to uh, decrease the radius. You can do for a two mile radius to a one and a half mile radius and how that could affect and just, uh, taking more into consideration and focusing more prioritizing smaller burns. So rather than, you know, if we get, you know, five people wanting to burn on this burn day, we're going to prioritize the smaller burns. And so that's going to kind of, you know, that allows less smoke, right? Makes just sense. Someone's yeah. over 10 acres going to cause more than five acres. And we're going to let the five acre burn first before that. So kind of like, okay, then, um, so there's more measures, but yeah, the decrease has been crazy. And that was going on before, obviously 2007, 2017. I was even there and that decrease. And so part of my, um, job is to tell those things and even, um, along the border. And, and there's been a lot of issues. I mean, um, Articles about the air quality in yeah. New York Times, New LA Florida, Times. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. I don't. We don't. I don't mind. Yeah, um, people were talking about the the. There was an article about on the LA Times, and they were kind of like saying like, "Oh, that's a negative." But I saw it as a positive in the sense that you know, when somebody else notices the potential we have, it's kind of like our job now to say like you know, kind of like prove them right that you know we do have this or say we need help. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with just saying, hey, we need help. But yeah, and, and the thing is, like, you know, we've been put on the, you know, national spotlight, so take advantage. It's about of time. We could be talked about so much, like, we're all, we're ignored. No one cares about us. And then when we do get it, we're like, how, how dare you? Yeah. Like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. And so, and I, and my boss or the APCO director is the same way. He, he sees the net people, like, oh, that article about their quote. Good. We need the attention. We don't, We've been trying to get it for so long yeah. that when we do get it, we shouldn't shun away from it or hide from it. And, um, and so, yeah, we, 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 we welcome it. I've reached out to those reporters. I've reached out to, uh, several reporters from not just locally, but nationally to say, Hey, this is, this, I don't see why you wouldn't want to focus on our area where California is Mexico. It's a border. Um, 
that's a prime spot for stories. And we're very unique. We're a small community next to a metropolis of a million people. Yeah. It's not San Diego, Tijuana, big city, big city, or Texas. No, who cares about Texas <laughs> or Arizona? Like, that's not exciting, but Southern California. Yeah. And to see two contrasts from a small ag community to a bustling city. That is that is very unique and exciting and a potential for so many stories, um, and so I got kind of what we were sharing in that I, I would like to see tourism boom in Mexicali. Like I, Mexicali has so much to offer, and it doesn't help when there's doesn't help them and affects their money when there's articles about the environment. Like going, I guess you can say, oh, but you just said you welcome it. I do welcome it, but. We, they need to start if we can empower the people in Mexicali to to put pressure on government to impose regulations so a lot of Mexico has not a lot of regulations mm. California they say it's way too regulated Mexico has no regular Mexico has no regulations so they need to do more um, and if they can start doing that they can change the whole narrative because right now I think people see Mexicali Google it they see new river they see environment when they have a baseball stadium that's packed all the time, sports, basketball, concert events, Shakira, Mark Anthony, have Ricky Martin have yeah. all been. They have a nightlife of clubs, of recreation. They have gam- casinos. They have great restaurants. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, history, the Chinese, you know, the people there and, and the history behind that. Um, all right there. And a lot of people, I think, are afraid, is, is, are, are fearful of Mexico, regardless. Yeah. And why not utilize Calexico as, uh, you know, hey, you can visit Mexicali and then stay the night in the security of America. Whether that's, you know, <laughs> well, that's a misconception. No, we're secure. Yeah. But, you know, you can spend the night in the smallest town, get that small comfort town's comfort. And then visit Mexico and, and boom that tourism. There's a there's a group in San Diego called Turista Libre and they do tours and it's a very unique thing they do. They tour and they have packages, you know. You can tour the wall, you can the border, see the wall, you can <laughs> or you can do a, a, a bar hop or you can do a history. Mm. You can do it on and then I Googled Mexican, I didn't see anything like that. I, I think for a while Mexicali had that where they would take you on a like this party bus and and but it wasn't bar. exciting. Like I'm yeah. saying, like no, no, it, no, it no. has to be this this tourista libre is really it's like yeah. you, it just you go on and you feel like an Instagram. Like you feel like uh, it's one of those in like uh, just a modern um, promotion of it. It's not this oh you know it's not, you can tell when a you know when people who may not be hit make something it promotes promotion is so different now yeah promotion is so crazy different and i know i bring up Firefest, and i brought up early you know (laughs) and how these guys utilizing a video and using promotion got people to take a chance to just drop everything and and go because oh that looks cool yeah i was um um watching um phil defranco and he's saying that you know um like promotional like like commercials and stuff like that is going down on, on, on you know like like t- TV. They're investing more in like digital media, like Instagram, all these places that you know. It's crazy how it's. We, I think we we would say a lot of like you know TV is going out and like YouTube and all these um, other platforms are gonna you know. And 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 like you kind of see now where it's yeah it is you, happening. You can have your commercial run a million times and get a certain amount of people. You can have one person. Say, come to Mexico, go to Mexico, and 
boom like it's influenced it's marketing it's branding it's perception it's just a very new game in regards to promotion um i think mexicali needs that i think Mexicali needs something um just a different way right of promotion because it has it all yeah and the thing is like you know uh mexicali is the capital of california and yet everybody like if you ask people like they would they're gonna say tijuana is because it's a lot more popular more you know and Tijuana, and so Tijuana's um, tourism has been booming lately. Mexicali has as well. One thing we didn't forget about the tourism aspect is the medical tourism, the dentistry, the the surgery, the you know the the medicine, the pharmaceutical. You know, it's, it's that aspect as well. But Mex- Tijuana's tourism has been booming despite the increase in homicide. So Tijuana can get people to go, and even though thousands of people are getting murdered every year why not mexicali like why not maybe we need to murder more people i don't know man but or maybe that going back to those articles about homicide brought attention no, and, and the thing that, is that you know it's it's mexican like probably on a daily basis you see like if you look at the news like you'll see like somebody trying to get kidnapped oh well they did so uh i just read an article last night how uh so i do i've been staying up late <laughs> try to create this proposal uh, the same i'm telling you i want to present to the state um how mexico tijuana held a press conference to celebrate or highlight the fact that there was not a homicide in 12 hours in a 12-hour span there was not a homicide so they held a press conference that's how crazy it is now a lot of homicides are you know in mexico they say well the homicides increased in mexicali it's, it's more of it. and they say if you if you don't sell drugs in mexico you're probably going to die from old age. More than likely. Like that's just... It's uh, a lot of homicides, although are drug-related. The same fact that that should scare away people, but it's not. And they're booming. And we need to capitalize on that. Mexicali has... They've redid the border. When you walk, it looks like an airport. It's clean. It's nice. It's. I think the time is right to to really change the image and change. And, and I think so Mexico needs regulations. The American government can keep for the last 10 years has been telling Mexico to do this, do this. There's tension when, whenever government, when yeah. locally, if our city told, if Brawley told Calexico to do something, there's going to be. Yeah, you're going to tell me what to do. Yeah, what do. so you, can you imagine from two countries? But if you can get empower the people from the board, the tourism business, the business industry, the tourism, the people, let them know, hey, these environmental issues uh, or lack of promotion is affecting your money. That's going to empower them to then pressure the government into regulations. Say, hey, you need to impose these regulations because you're affecting our money. You're affecting our tourism. You're affecting our perception. And so um, something like I've been the last week and a half, no joke, my last two weekends, I've been staying up till, you know, one, two in the morning on the weekends, just going through, really creating a paper. I feel like I'm back in college again, just drafting this paper and presenting it. And if it doesn't go anywhere... At least, you know, those state officials can be like, hey, this is guy, you know, trying. Or yeah. At least this guy's trying a different. But I think, you know, if you've been doing something for 10 years and the progress has been slow, maybe just change it up a bit. You know, and I think uh, empowering businesses, create a pressure group via public-private partnership. Um, whereas, you know, the government, the CARB or the, the, the public sector from California or Mexico can, you know, Put in some money to change the branding and change the marketing, and have the and have a pressure uh, a business group to help guide it and facilitate it. it. Could be a really impactful way 
to help get those regulations imposed because mainly industry right in mexicali that's causing some of the air quality issues and and when there's no so, light so that's that's the biggest you know factor in terms of you know the it's a lot so in mexico you got the unpaved roads which is a huge thing um you have the idling cars you have industry and you also have field burning so you think field going back to saying you know field burning here it's very strictly regulated where in mexico there's no regulations Mm -hmm. on field burning they can burn at night they can burn whatever they want they can and you see it so that when you wake up in the morning and you see a dark cloud it's more than likely from a burning field Mm -hmm. they burned it at night and the inversion layer you know has dropped or lifted and it just hangs there yeah when i when i go to work because you know, I take 98, so, like, it's, like, there's a field there, and you, like, you see all the way to Mexicali, to Mexicali, so, like, yeah, you see that, yeah. that layer of smoke. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, and some of that stuff just takes, like I said, it, it's going to take regulation, like, regardless, it's just going to take. Do you feel that, you know, your, like, your economical status, you know, whether you're somebody that's really poor, and you're burning your trash and out in an ejido? Um, or throwing your sewage because there's no sewage, uh, um, or, or where, whether you're like that oil, you know, barren, like yeah, and that you know, this is, is there enough? Um, can you impact those people to say like, all right, we're so gonna- so Mexico has done some really good work though lately. I they have done address some of the burn, tire burnings and the fireworks and the wood burning. Uh, so they've actually started finding people and they. Of, uh, if they catch you burning, um, when you're not supposed to, or things you're not supposed to, they've actually, I think they issued like 500 fines last year, which is more than ever. Um, but going back to the fields and the industry, that's kind of where, cause it's kind of in Mexico, it's been who takes responsibility, the state, the city, the federal, there's not really a stream like here. You know, we are under the Cal, the APCD is under the Cal EPA, which is the Cal, is under CARB, California Resources Board, and the California Resources Board, and under the Cali, California Environmental Protection Agency. The California Environmental Protection Agency is under the EPA, but they all know, okay, you monitor this, you're going to monitor this, you're going to monitor this, and we monitor this. It's just a very streamlined, whereas in Mexico, it's not really as streamlined. They don't, they kind of, are, are you, aren't you, no, there's nothing really in place. Um, and so we need that. We need some more streamlined. We need some more, um, policies we need more reg- going back to regular just things written to understand make it easy as possible and, and what we've been trying to do somewhat is this is what we're doing instead of saying you do this this is what we're doing this is what you can do to implement it right but it's, it takes takes resources it takes time do you um, think um our current administration helps um with the fact the relationship probably not uh, but i think california has a great relationship with mexico um, I know our governor, I know our assembly member, I know our valley. Um, so but I, as a country, like, are we, you know, when, when our president says yeah. there's, it's, we're way too regulated and, and, you know, wants to take all these regulations away when he puts people in the EPA, then I, we're oil. Well, I think oil. California, I think we are ahead of the game when it comes to being green. I think I, no matter who's in there. I don't yeah. think, uh, I think we're very fortunate. I, I honestly don't know other parts of the country. I'm sure it has negative effect on the environment. Um, but I know in California, we I think California has been so ahead of the curve in regards to environmental policy and change that no matter what administration is in there, um, they're going to be playing catch up. 
right? I think uh, California kind of sets a model for other states. We look at what some of the things California has done. Um, it's ahead of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think it affects too much. I think maybe at the upper level, like the Cal EPA, and maybe the California Research. But I know down here at the local level, um, no, I think maybe the. No, I don't think. I don't think so. I don't know. I haven't. Um, I, I don't know. I can't speak for some of my coworkers and whatnot, but um, I, I don't feel. Um, what, can, you, can you explain to us what AB 617 is? So Assembly Bill 617 is this really cool bill in, uh, that Eduardo Garcia helped uh, co-sign, a co-author. And um, it, it selected 10 communities throughout California where... Um, maybe bad economics or just bad air quality and then kind of facilitate more discussion and more action. So we're one of the 10 selected communities um, to focus on the Calexico, Heber, El Central Corridor. So that area. Now, so we, we selected, we created a committee, a steering committee. We're having meetings on, on how to reduce some of our emissions and better air quality. But I think the one very interesting and cool aspect of this, what this bill has done, and it brings industry, it brings environmental justice groups, it brings public official public groups like the APCD, all in the same room, all at the same table. So rather than listen, being in the public sector, it's confusing sometimes. What meeting? Oh, we gotta go this meeting. Gotta go. Who, who did I talk to? Who did this set that? Was yeah. A B six or seven? You're gonna get aggregate. You're gonna get agriculture. You're gonna get um, transportation or businesses. You're gonna get just community residents. You're gonna get the environmental justice groups, the Comité Cívico del Valle. You're gonna get the air pollution control district. All at the same table, talking how do we better our air? And and I just so I read all the blueprint. I read all the semantics of it, but it wasn't until the last meeting where I'm seeing. Um, someone who works in like the aggregate industry and gravel and asphalt bring up an issue and then someone in um, uh, livestock uh, is talking about an issue and they got the co-chairs, the APCD and the Comité Civico Valle also putting their input. Like, this is a point of this. This was to bring all of us. This was to facilitate discussion to, to not give an excuse of, well, I didn't know who, no, I didn't, yeah. get, imp- I didn't get my opportunity. No, you were all here we're all going to address it. We're all going to talk about it and we're all going to include everyone. Um, so that's very exciting. And then although it is only an essential Calexico Hebrew corridor, we'd like to expand it because like, going back to the Valley is all one, you know, yeah. um, but that's just the first selection is going to be quite a few monies um, to, to implement projects. And so uh, we're the, the phase of just getting um our first five steps is a 14 element plan. We got the first five, which is just kind of established committee information, bylaws, kind of just a pre-work. Um, so now uh, 28th is a deadline for those first five elements. Once those are in place, uh, we'll actually start really big discussion on projects and, and meaningful projects. Now the Valley is pretty good air in regards to, um, when you think about it, um, Ag being low, um, there's no industry really. Um, the valley has pretty good air quality. Now, unfortunately, we have Mexicali. They are doing their thing so to to help it. Um, so it's tough when things are out of our control that are making us uh, not be in attainment. So the valley is not in attainment at federal levels, but 
and this is in um, the um, the implementation plan. It's but for Mexicali. So if we didn't have Mexicali, we would we would have good air. Yeah, and that's then that's it written. But for it's a but for uh, exclusive. It wasn't for Mexicali. We would have good air. You could take you know you could take every industry. You can t- the valley could empty out tomorrow. Everyone could just leave, get up and leave, and we still wouldn't be in a team because of Mexicali. Like that's just plain and simple. I know, um, but we can still do better on our side, right? We can still make efforts to improve, whether it's paving roads, whether it's ensuring people don't off road where they're not supposed to. That's a huge. Uh, that's a huge uh, plays a huge factor. It's kind of off roading because when the off road and the, the sand and the dirt. It's a fine. It's a PM two four two point five. The fine particulates, which are so fine, they get to your bloodstream. They can when they when you breathe them in, they they said they they enter that blood that blood barrier. Um, so we can still do our part, right? Um, but we also, like I said, kind of have taken consideration that Mexico plays a huge part. They're making their efforts, uh, and we have to do. We have to help them. Uh, facilitate uh more regulations and more and more actions and and we have to support that mm. and i think that's going back to that tourism aspect what better way to help them that by empowering them because like i said the mexico government and those officials they are going to like i said when you know when an outside someone from the outside tries to tell you what to do there's some backlash but someone from the inside your own people are telling you what to do or putting that pressure you have to listen yeah. and so um I just I feel like my idea is a really good idea. It's gonna take so much work. It's gonna end in seconds. It might be a pipe dream, um, but I really think I think you see that the empowerment of people, right? The when you empower people, you don't have to tell them what to do. It's like you're you're giving them that freedom to to make the right decisions, and, uh, and I'm huge on that. And I don't want to tell anyone what to do. But I want to give them the resources and the abilities to make that decision on their own. Um, Maybe it's from a student, like seeing a student, right? I don't want to tell a student what to do, but I can help them make that right decision. Yeah. So, um, no, and, but in terms of like the New River and Sunsea, like, because those those are tied together, right? Like, yeah, all that crap from the New River is going down to Sunsea. So, so Salt and Sea obviously get a lot of attention. IADs done a lot of projects and uh, mitigate to mitigate um, some of the the area the exposed playa. Um, we're, we're, we're hopeful that Diane Feinstein supported the provisions in the farm bill to bring monies down to fund, I think, 200 million to fund projects that that gets allocated. Um, and that's another thing that's getting attention, right? And that, that needs to be addressed. Um, cause that's a north end. And I think we're going to see more action. I think I said, I think the valley is a, is, it's popping right now. Like, I think you, I feel like there's something building here in this valley in regards to attention, in regards to action, in regards to just, I just feel like there's something's going on and, and I feel it. And I think it's only a matter of time before we start seeing real, um, actions take place, real projects. Um, but yeah, IAD has done a lot in regards to, um, a foul, not following the ground, but building, um, Ridges, like I, forgot, I can't think of the name, but it's like a ridge. So when the wind blows, it helps stop it. Like within like five five hundred feet, it stops the wind. Like it, it helps it and 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 surfactants to help stabilize the ground, um, and also foliage to help. Uh, you know, with mm-hmm. the wind, you put a plant there. It's not as much exposed land. 
Um, but going back to a lot of people have been off-roading near the Salton Sea and that throws off everything. So they'll spray an area or they'll build an area with just ridges that help slow this wind and it, it, it creates this layer. Uh-oh. Uh, we lost the uh, video, but that's fine. It creates this layer, but then you have these off-roads who will just go and just expose it. Because you see, you walk somewhere and you see like a crust, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's what we want. We want a nice crust over a lot of the land because it helps just keep everything down. But then when you step on it, it exposes it and it just kip clips everything. And so um, a lot of we're trying to really work with the sheriffs, or we're trying to really work with the Bureau of Land to to help make more enforcement on off roading. And it's because that's that just disturbs the land. They, like, it's crazy how the land will heal, right? You can talk about this crust or with this rain, it's going to bring a layer and kind of pull everything down. And you allow the land to heal naturally. But then you have an ATV, you have a motorhome just comes right over it and it just disturbs the whole environment and exposes everything, kicks everything up in the air. Yeah. And so um, we need to, we need really need, we're really going to start taking measures to, to decrease that. Trying to see if, oh. I think we got to wrap this up. My yeah. uh, fiance uh, just has to go to work right now. Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. That was a half an hour, though. So, um, you know, the the second part was half. Yeah, an hour, no, so and I want to come back when I get this draft and proposal. Like I said, I'm I'm cranking this thing out to present to this day. And I made a presentation. One thing I do want to talk about in regards locally to air is I I'd like and I'm in the process of discussing is, is creating a mascot. So I want to address, um, I want to bring air quality environmental issues as young as possible to our to our students. I think you get them involved and aware, it yeah, helps. Kind of like Dippy Duck. Exactly, like Dippy Duck is an icon. Yeah, yeah. Dippy Duck is a straight up icon. Yeah. Like everyone knows yeah. him. My parents, uh, I know my daughter, like that is an icon and have something similar for air quality, uh, a mascot. And I've reached out to Dave Garcia. He's uh, oh, yeah, the, the, the cartoon the artist. Um, to help talks with that. He's actually went to our AB617 meeting to oh. just see what's going on and, uh, and I want to help get those discussions going. Um, but I want to create a mascot and, and build... Uh, I think that's... It's, it's, I feel like the biggest impact sometimes are the ones that are indirectly, right? How do you get people to empower them? You indirectly get a mascot to, yeah. you know, bring attention. And it's it, the best thing to do is get people to do something that they didn't know they wanted or needed to do. Mm. And um, all for any ways to do that. It sometimes means thinking outside the box or just being creative. That's fine. Um, but I'm, I'm all for, like I said, that indirect way of influencing people. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So, yeah, if you have any ideas for a mascot, you know, shoot them out to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, thank you. I know you, you need to go, but, you know, thank you. We could sit here and talk for, for days. Right now, my, my fiance on the phone, she's going to uh, like, why, why it took you so long? So, no, I'm kidding. Uh, thank you. I'm going to take this call. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate everything you're doing, man. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks, thanks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Hey guys, um, sorry, but uh, Gil had to take off um, really quick. Um, but um, yeah, our conversation was cut a little bit too short. He had a family family matter to take care of. Um, but I know in the future we're going to meet again and talk about uh, um, his position at the Imperial County Air Pollution um, and continue our chat about um, the air quality in the Imperial Valley. 
Um, but yeah, if you want to follow Gil on his Facebook page for his um, probably elementary school board trustee, make sure you follow him. He tries to post uh, an update at least once a month of as to what's going on um, in Brawley. Um, so make sure you check out that. And yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.